Hi, and welcome back to the Beyond Aromatics podcast. I'm your host, Savannah Rose. Today we have on special guest, Angela Sidlow. Angela is passionate about health and wellness. For the past 12 years, her focus has been on helping women worldwide find balance in body, mind, and spirit using essential oils. She holds certifications in holistic aromatherapy, health coaching, reflexology, and Reiki, bringing this unique foundational skill set into her practice. As a menopause success coach, through her own experience of going through menopause, Angela uniquely holds space for women to make beautiful transformational shifts to reclaim their vibrancy in the wisdom years with ease and grace. She gently guides women to make small changes and become co-creators for big results in finding hormonal balance. In her practice, she offers public speaking, one-on-one coaching programs, small group workshops, retreats, and supportive online programs. These include the 14-Day Hormone Balance Detox, Aromatherapy, the Gateway to Happy Hormones course, and the Menopause Success Mastery Program. She currently serves as an Oregon Regional Director for the National Association of Holistic Aromatherapists, teaches aromatherapy at the Oregon School of Massage, formulates essential oil blends for Columbia Memorial Hospital in Astoria, Oregon, and has her own line of menopause success health and beauty products. Angela is also the co-author of the Silver Lining Storybooks. We have Angela on today to talk about her new book, Aromatherapy for Menopause Success. Can't wait to get started and for you guys to hear this interview. Enjoy! All right, Angela, thank you for being here today. It's exciting to talk to you again after we got to spend some time together in Egypt and get to know you and what you do and, you know, meet Kirby too. And uh, we're happy to have you on the phone with us. Great. I'm so happy to be here too. And it's nice to connect with you again, Savannah. What have you been up to since you've been back? Oh, my goodness. Um, Already planning another trip um, to England to do some more things with essential oils in the fall. So lots of uh, planning going on. Will Kirby be joining you for this one? No, I think he's going to join us in August next year for the second um, England, Glastonbury, England trip. Oh, okay. Well, cool. Cool. I'm excited for that. Hopefully uh, Mm I see some good pictures from it. So. Well, when we were in yeah. Egypt, I learned that you wrote a book, and I, I kind of knew this before, but I, you know, I got to put a face to an author, um, and you know who I was really impressed to hear how excited she was about it was my Egypt roommate, Sandra Shuff. Um, she was super excited talking to you and uh, hearing what you had to say, and I was thinking like, wow, that would be such a good episode for a podcast, um, so if you don't mm. already know... Aromatherapy for Menopause Success um, was written by Angela Sidlow, uh, and she this book uh, sold through Naha, so you can find it on our website. And let's just get into it. I, I think the uh, you know I just got done reading your book, so we can have this interview. Uh, it's kind of something that you know I, 
it's it's definitely satiant in my mind because I am a woman, but you know, I'm younger. So I, I, something like menopause is something I just haven't thought about recently. Um, but I'm glad I read your book and I'm glad I have this perspective going into it. And I also have this perspective when I'm interacting with women and understanding like this is something we just all go through together. It's it's so unique to us and uh, you know, it's it's beautiful and angry and it seems, you know, it's a mixture of emotions. Um, so in the book, you kind of talk about, you know, what got you started in aromatherapy. And I would like it if you could share with us kind of how you got started with aromatherapy and then how you got started with this book. You know, um, that's a really great question, Savannah. And, and it, it really was hard to title this book because this book isn't just about menopause. It's about preparing yourself during perimenopause and knowing what the questions were to ask. And I wish I would have known the questions to ask my primary care physician or, or my gynecologist um, when I was going through some really tough health issues in my mid-30s. Um, I was pretty stressed out in a, a very um, busy entrepreneurial um, business that I had created and working 12 hours a day and I was I didn't realize that my adrenals were really fatigued and it I was estrogen dominant and didn't know it and so going to my doctor they're just like oh you have fibromyalgia and I'm like oh that's weird and they're like here take all of these medications and I'm like oh that's even weirder <laughs> so you know I really had to to dig and delve and and start creating these questions that then I would put into this book and understanding the endocrine system and understanding how hormones relate to one another. And then when I got into aromatherapy, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's a connection yeah. between what these essential oils can do and our hormone balance. So I'm like, this has to be shared with um, other women as they prepare in their mid thirties to their mid forties for uh, going through menopause and menopause is only one day of your life. It's the day that you celebrate one full year without having a menstrual cycle that is determined as menopause. And wow. I think it should be celebrated as much as the day that a, a, a girl starts her period. So yeah, the rest is all of the roller coaster ride that gets you there. <laughs> <laughs> so, so can you kind of break us down? You said so menopause is that one day, and so and what's before it? Then you've you've mentioned it, but just for everybody else and for any of our men listeners, so they have an idea. <laughs> and men are just as important in this whole thing because they have to support us during that that roller coaster ride. So you have these these years, your fertility years, from the time that you start your menses. Um, up through, I you know, could be mid-40s. Um, then you start going through this where estrogen and progesterone are pretty much even. Then what happens is as your, your ovaries are not doing as much work as they used to because the eggs are running out, your, your progesterone levels start to decline in that, in that perimenopause phase. And then what estrogen does, it's like, I think we can do it. I think I can. I think I can like the little engine that could and it fluctuates. It goes up and down and up and down. And um, that can cause a lot of problems for women. 
Um, that goes through then till that menopause phase where you stop having a period for the period of a year. And sometimes women will go six months without having a period and think, all right, I'm halfway there. And all of a sudden, the body says, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> we got one more. <laughs> right, right. So oh, then gosh. estrogen starts to decline as well. And so during that perimenopausal phase, you know, women's bodies are starting to change. You know, the skin isn't as supple. It loses some elasticity. Um, we're a little more droopier. <laughs> um, and we start to build that little bit of uh, extra weight within the belly and the hips. And so many women, like, because of the cultural expectation in our society that women should look a certain way, and if they don't look a certain way, they aren't as productive or as valued and you know, um, which is silly. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, you know, that, that middle section of that extra five to 10 pounds that you gain in that perimenopausal phase is your body's way of preparing, storing up some extra hormones so that they can be slowly released over time as you age. The tricky part is when cortisol levels stay high and then insulin levels stay high, it really wreaks havoc on how much of that extra fat is stored. So, um, I mean, it's not all always about aromatherapy, but that's a good part of, of what I teach women. It's also about diet and lifestyle and really um, owning your own place as yeah. a wise woman in, in your community. And probably like even about like accepting that this is just a natural stage. This is something that's normal and to make you not feel so weird about it, I guess that, that change coming right. in. I, and I think about that. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I went through puberty and you, all of us went through puberty. And so, you know, going, our parents telling us like, this is normal. You know, you go through growth spurts, you start to feel weird. You have pimples, your hormones change mm -hmm. and things like that. And I think that is just such like that mental aspect of being like, this isn't my forever body. And you look at yourself in the mirror and you're like, I am not stuck with these pimples forever. It's and, you know, exactly. I think that's an important lesson to teach and having to relearn that for yourself. Like, I, I, I can't imagine, but I'm sure, I, you know, I'll have to one day. And um, Yeah, you're so right, Savannah. If you think about, you know, when, when you go through puberty, your doctor, your pediatrician, your family practitioner doesn't say, oh, I'm going to diagnose you with puberty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, that would be silly. So when I think, tell women, like, you're just going through, you know, that reverse puberty, you're, you're going back to your childlike ways, like, you can have that freedom that you had when you were a child, you don't have to worry about a period every month. And, you know, but we have to get you there. And that's going to be an awkward phase when, when periods start being irregular, and sporadic, and your body starts changing. So, so stick with it. And, and I wish that, you know, there were more people out there telling women, it's okay. This is just a phase that your body's going through. So be kind to it, support it where, however you can, right. and you'll get through it. Right. And I wonder why the doctor was so quick to kind of, I, I guess, brush off the, the possibility that you were going through this, this part where your body was changing and to instead, you know, prescribe you something else. Do you have any, yeah, I, do you have any curiosities well, about I, that or wonder where that was from? I think, um, I think that they just, you know, they treat uh, endocrinology or the study of hormones as like a specialty. Mm -hmm. And so 
it gets disconnected from the rest of when I look at a woman's body, the first thing you should talk about no matter what age they are is their hormone levels because that's going to dictate how their digestion is. It's going to dictate how their mood is. It's going to dictate all of these other parts and systems in their body just by what their hormones are doing. So, and and, yeah. And I I feel like that's a really good time to transition because you did talk about in your book, some of the the five key hormones that um, kind of play a role. And I just wondered if you can kind of touch on them and you don't have to go into all the details in your book. I think some people should just read it and really see for themselves, but you know, to kind of give people an idea of uh, where you're coming from with it. Well, the way I laid this book out is uh, I want people to scribble in it. I want them to take notes. I want them to be able to take this book to their doctor and have some really good questions ready for them. So I I designed, um, uh, we talk about estrogen. We talk about progesterone, cortisol, um, all of these hormones, uh, leptin, which people don't like. What's leptin? Yeah. Leptin is your, yeah, it's a satiation Mm -hmm. hormone. So if your leptin is out of balance, you're going to be hungry all the time. You're never going to feel satiated. And that becomes really key in managing a healthy body weight through uh, perimenopause. Oxytocin, we talk about that and the happy hormone and and how how to stimulate that. And essential oils do that. Um, I think it's, and then I take the anatomy of a hot flash. I mean, that's one of the most common symptoms for women going through perimenopause and also talking about um, PMS and Mm -hmm. estrogen dominance because, you know, I talk to women about, oh, your your estrogen is going to fluctuate and then it's going to go down. But many women remain in an estrogen dominant state because of xenoestrogens, uh, which are chemicals in different products like face care, body care products. Uh, laundry detergents, dryer sheets, um, all kinds of different things that mimic estrogen in the body. So you may be doing all the right things with your food and all that kind of stuff, and you could still be estrogen dominant. So I, I spent some time talking about that. And through each section then in the book, it's got a checklist of symptoms. So you can go and check what are the signs of low estrogen. And it goes through achy joints, anxiety, brain fog, depression, and a whole list of things. So you can make a checklist and say, oh, wow, I'm experiencing these symptoms. Maybe I should talk to my doctor about low estrogen or cortisol or whatever that's going to be. Um, And then I've put some charts into the book that are symptom mappers. So I've taken all of these highs and lows, high estrogen, low estrogen, uh, high, uh, low progesterone, high cortisol, low cortisol, insulin, thyroid. Those are really the most, uh, what I think are the most important. And if I had to put a number one, I would say high cortisol um, is the most important one. If you can manage your cortisol levels, which are your stress hormones uh, associated with your adrenal glands, those little glands that sit on top of your kidneys, if you can manage cortisol, then you have a better chance of managing insulin, estrogen, and progesterone, and also thyroid. Um, it's, it, cortisol is a key hormone, I believe, in hormone balance. Is that where you started with your own journey? 
I did because I realized my adrenals were so taxed out. And just a little bit of info um, that when your ovaries are done doing their job, they are going to pass that baton off. And they're going to pass that in this relay race we call life. They're going to pass that to the liver and the adrenal glands. So if the liver is congested and if the adrenals have had a lot of stress over time, they're not going to be able to do as good of a job of managing those hormone levels as they should. So again, you're going to have to get those fluctuating uh, levels and hot flashes. Um, the, or, the liver is the organ of heat in the body, the, the organ of anger when we think of Chinese medicine. And mm -hmm. so it's going to be throwing out those hot flashes if it's feeling congested. So those are, those are good things that I, I don't think that the doctors really have time to talk to patients about and, and, um, in that type of a way. Are these things that can be kind of checked with like blood work or how do you kind of figure out where or how you can, besides the checklist. So the checklist is a great place to start. You're looking at these. Are there things that people can do to be more in tuned with them? Right. And then having those conversations with your doctor based on the checklist, then you can um, talk to your doctor about, and then they might be able to say, well, maybe we can do this blood test, find out what your liver enzyme levels or, um, we can do a cortisol test. That's a saliva test that you can order online. Mm. Very simple um, to find out what cortisol is doing. So those are just helpful tools to talk to your doctor about. In the book, I've laid out, taken those symptoms, and then I've laid out an essential oil remedy mapper. So I've mm -hmm. taken those same uh, highs and lows, and I've done a checklist of the essential oils that help them come back into balance. So you can cross-reference the two lists. So can you name a few of the essential oils that, um, you know, you think are really important for, for women to know about? You know, one of my favorites for uh, managing cortisol and, and helping uh, the adrenals is black spruce. And I just love the black spruce. Just You can put it in a roller bottle with some carrier oil and just rub that over your adrenals morning and night. And it just nourishes the adrenal uh, cortex. I especially like Clary Sage. Clary Sage has this innate wisdom to know what hormone receptors to send out based on what your current chemistry in your body is doing. So if you're going through perimenopause, it can help balance estrogen levels. If you're in, in your reproductive years and um, in labor, having a baby, it can help dilate the cervix to... Um, help you have that baby. It's good for menstrual cramping and calming those menstrual cramps and PMS. So it just has this real innate wisdom. Yeah, Claire um, Sage, it's the cover of your book. So I I was excited yes. to talk about it. It was actually one of the first oils I ever really got to know. Um, and it, it's probably been one of my favorites. I just always enjoyed that scent. But I always wonder if there's more of a connection now that I know how much... Um, good it can do for just mm -hmm. women's happiness, women's health. And, you know, I'm, I'm super hormonal and I know that now I'm super, I get super emotional. Um, and I think Clary Sage has been kind of one of my, my favorite oils. And I wonder if there's always just some connection with that. Like we, our bodies know ourselves us better than we do sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, 
and it has sort of an adaptogenic quality to it. Um, I like holy basil for that too. It'll help those cortisol levels and, and insulin and, and thyroid. It helps support all of those. Um, as far as like another one that I really enjoy, I suppose jasmine. Jasmine has this nurturing quality to it, um, a feminine energy, if you will, that helps you feel nurtured and supported and taken care of. Um, I like to put it on the heart space. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a point on the sternum called CV17, if you're familiar with acupuncture points. And I love Jasmine on that point because it, it comforts the heart and sort of just helps tell your body, this is going to be okay. You're, this is just something you're going through and it's, you're going to get through it. So, um, so in your book, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about like some of the, the research and what elements you brought into the book. Um, can you tell us about background and what you were reading in preparation to uh, get this published? Well, I studied, I um, worked with um, Hormones Balance, a, a woman, her name is Magdalena Upschlaki, and she has a company called Hormones Balance. And I did customer service for her. And so she focuses a lot on women who have Hashimoto's. She's really into the research and digging into the, all of the science and, and the, the background with that. And so I, I culminated a lot of information from her and from um, Isabella Wentz, who also works with a lot of hormone balancing um, issues with women, and really followed that for a whole year and answering questions and uh, finding answers for women and, and suggesting different protocols, not only for the oils, but for nutrition and supplements and things like that. So uh, there will be future books uh, in the Menopause Success series. I'll probably do one on food and uh, another one on nutritional supplements to help support women. Um, but with my akin, a kinship to essential oils, I felt like that was a good first book. But oh, yeah. there's so much research out there. Yeah. I kind of wanted to ask you, you know, as someone who I'm 24 years old, so, you know, looking at my timeline, I have some years reading this book in advance of it kind of makes me think that there should be something I could be doing now to uh, support my body. And even before it gets into those phases and things that I could be doing ahead of time, do you have any advice for someone in my shoes? I think, you know, doing things that support and nourish the adrenals. So managing your stress on a daily level, uh, supporting your immune system and your digestive system through nutrition, through the use of oils, um, creating some nice rituals for yourself that are nourishing self-care. I think one of the biggest things that women neglect about their, their own being is that they don't remember to nourish themselves. We're mothers. We're we're women who give. We are, um, you know, in this role where we're expected to have a career in the man's world and then be able to put on a great dinner and do laundry and keep up on household chores. Right. And- <laughs> we we really seem like we opted for the full circle. We want to work. We want the jobs. We want the exactly. high-paying jobs, and but we also want to be the nurturers and the mothers, and be home with our kids, and have good food on the table, and have a clean house, and mm-hmm. you know, do be crafty, and <laughs> all these other little things yeah. that come into it. 
And so asking yourself, where am I getting my nurture? Where am I getting, you know, where am I having a creative outlet for myself? And with, and not asking that in a selfish way. This is, it's imperative. It's just, it's no different than brushing your teeth every day. You have to nurture yourself. Um, and, and that will, that will be so much in your favor as you do learn to do that every day. Meditation, time, quiet time, just quiet time where there's nothing except you and your, your thoughts and your feelings and, and whether that's journaling about them or dancing or, you know, enjoying your feminine body. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. But I wish I would have done more of that. <laughs> yeah. Well, and it, it is kind of, um, I, I find myself going through phases in and out now where I'm like, I should just love myself and be happy and I can really be there and in the moment with myself and then other phases where, where life just comes at you and it's just next thing after the next thing after the next thing. And, you know, I, I do find my, my skin looks better when I'm going through times where I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking about myself. My happiness is better. I, I don't overeat. I don't just grab my hand into the candy jar over and over again. You know, I'm very intentional about mm-hmm. everything. And uh, it, it, it comes in waves. It, it is really hard to keep that, keep that, I guess, lifestyle up sometimes um but it is and it's just a reminders you know getting away and doing a retreat weekend whether it's just going and camping in nature or a nature walk if you don't have time to get a weekend away but i saw your your natural glow state when we were in egypt so i know you can get there <laughs> i know i know it was it really was and I, I do find myself and especially with the weather looking up now and we're headed into summer i just find myself smiling every time i walk outside and smell that morning air. So finding those moments and it's, yes. it's easy when it's, the weather is really nice. It's, we always kind of turn into recluses in the winter and there you get your seasonal, mm-hmm. seasonal depression. And that's always the tough one. But um, I, right. you know, uh, I do want to kind of talk to you about what it was like publishing a book and you kind of touched on, you know, what was your inspiration to write it, but what really got what really like set it in motion? What really started started you actually sitting down at a computer and you know typing? Wow, that's that's a really great question because um, as you know, I'm I'm an aromatherapist and a reflexologist, but I'm also a health coach and I attended the Institute for Integrative Nutrition, um, which is the world's largest new, uh, health coaching institute. They have over 110,000 graduates and they have a program called Launch Your Dream Book. So any graduate of the school can enter the Launch Your Dream Book program. And it's a 20-week program where they teach you how to self-publish. So the book was self-published. And um, I wanted to take the course because I'm like, I don't think this is going to be the only book I write. I think Mm -hmm. there's going to be a couple more coming out. And um, so I wanted a good template of how to do that. And it teaches you, you can publish through uh, Amazon or Ex Libris, um, any, any of those uh, self-publishing platforms. And so I did it with a whole group of, there were a, over 130 students in our class and we had an accountability partner and then they just taught us from A to Z how to get it done. And I, I don't know how I did it, but in 20 weeks I was published. <laughs> 20 weeks. Wow. So That's 20 incredible. Weeks, yeah. 
And was yeah. this was this during your own uh, transition to menopause too? Were you were you kind of doing this all at once, or was this something like after the fact, looking back and being like, looking, I need looking to looking back. Yeah, it was looking back and saying, "Wow, this was a journey, but it's not over. It's it's about creating a community for women all over the world through this book to get together and talk about this subject." Uh, women from my age group, and I'll, I'll, I'm 59, and our parents didn't necessarily talk to us about, you know, having a period and what happens, and they just didn't want to talk about that, and so they never shared that information with us. So we were kind of like left in the dark, and I'm like, no, we need to talk yeah. about this. So <laughs> Menopause Success is an online community where, where we talk about this, and people can ask questions, and share their experiences and um i want to put this into program form as an online i have an online program um aromatherapy or gateway to happy hormones which is a little four-part video series but um the the inspiration there is to create a, a global community where we can get together and have retreats and yeah. have that self-care time and learn from each other and learn new ways to enrich our lives Oh yeah. So so how can people find this? Where can they find it at? Uh the the online program or yes. if you just go to uh Menopause Success on Facebook, there's a Facebook community there, a Facebook page. And um I'm on the teachable platform for the um the the program that I do. So that's on um it's uh, menopause dash success dot teachable dot com okay menopause dash success dash teachable dot com okay i will put those in the show dot, notes dot yeah i think it's dot teachable dot teachable okay i will add yeah, that to I'll, the show I'll notes you the link okay yeah Great. i'll email you the link so yeah okay um and so do you teach any workshops yourself do you have any in-person workshops I do teach some in-person workshops. I couldn't tell you my schedule right now. <laughs> so if I don't have my date book in front of me, I don't have my brain, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yeah, and um, I'm developing an, another program uh, because I do some aroma point therapy, and it's based on Chinese medicine acupuncture points. And when you match the right oil to the right point, it creates a healing response. So we're doing some, some menopause. Um, we're going to call it meno point. <laughs> Metal point therapy yeah uh, an acupuncturist friend of mine and we're going to team teach that and then create some some retreats around it so we're developing that program in this next month in june and then we're going to roll that out in the fall and offer that in several different locations around the united states for for wise women to come and take part in and learn some really really amazing protocols how wonderful. That is so awesome. And I, I'm so happy you got, you are building this community because you're right. I mean, my mom told me about my period and she's like, everything will be okay, but you'll be bleeding. And I was like, what? <laughs> and you're like eight years old. Yeah. Like, uh, excuse me. And she's like, mm -hmm. but nothing, that means nothing's wrong. It's fine. It'll just happen for a long time. And then it won't. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So. But you're so fortunate that you had somebody who actually sat down and talked to you about that. And yeah, and I think that's that's 
been a missing conversation for many women or there's been shame around it um, in other cultures. And um, I mean, in like in India, they don't allow the girls to go to school while they're having their period. That's and I just crazy, you know. Yeah, I know. And so we have to change those kinds of cultural uh, stigmas for women. And I, I think the first place to start is just having conversations with people and making it a normal conversation and something that it's okay to have. And then those people will talk to their daughters and they'll talk to their daughters and they'll talk to their daughters' friends and their sisters and all of that. And, you know, that that's kind of how you start. You just, you make it a conversation that you can have and not something taboo mm-hmm. or, you know, something that's saved for like your women's health classes. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and wouldn't it be amazing in another generation, if this generation, if your generation could change that perception, and then the next generation by doing, knowing how to do this self-care and everything, that women would have such a, a much easier journey through perimenopause and into, into their wisdom years to Oh, that'd be so amazing. There's yeah. a whole lot less anger in the world. <laughs> <laughs> I really, and so much more understanding. And I think, like you said, it's important for men to kind of recognize it too. I, I don't think they're out of the equation. I think they need to understand just as much as women need to understand because, you know, they, they need to understand what's going on with women from, from a, a psychological, a physiological perspective, as well as just like um, being able to, uh, not sympathize, uh, the other one, empathize with them and, uh, empathize. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, and men, men go through hormone changes too. I'm menopause is real. <laughs> and, um, and you're seeing rises in, uh, breast cancer in men more so than there used to be because they're getting estrogen dominant as well from yeah. some different, uh, like fire retardants in fabric uh, wow. and formaldehyde that they put in fabrics. Those, those are xenoestrogens that change uh, the way your body sees uh, hormones. I think that is some of the most interesting yeah. aspect of it is knowing that there are so many things that we're using on a regular basis that are, are, putting in these fake hormones and, and changing our system for us. And we kind of know that the way that people look and act and respond differently and um, throughout time and how we're coming into more contact with things like that. Um, but it, it is pretty profound to see the actual effect. So I'm really glad you mentioned that in your book. And, you know, I think that was something I was like, I need to research more about this. Part. Right. You can, you can go to, um, ewg.org and they'll uh, if you look up endocrine disruptors on on that site you'll get their list of the 12 uh most prevalent endocrine disruptors okay that's that's good to know so ewg okay dot org dot org okay um and Mm -hmm. you know so getting to our time here. And I kind of just wanted to leave everybody with some information. And I thought you could help me. Uh, I want to know what, what three oils, if you could narrow it down to three oils, every woman should keep on hand for hormone support and maybe like one easy way and how to use them. Okay. Three oils that you should keep on hand in relationship to hormone balance. Yes. Well, of course, number one is clary sage. And clary sage 
I would say is really good as a, a spritzer for just overall hormone balance. I like to just spritz it as I go out the door in the morning. I keep a little spritzer bottle in my car so I can spritz before I go into the grocery store. I just really enjoy that. Uh, second one, I would say geranium. Geranium, if you apply that to the bottom of your feet morning and night, just like with a carrier oil, just rubbing it on the bottom of your feet in the arch of the bottom of your feet will diminish cravings for sugar and simple carbs. Oh, I think that's, that's really helpful going through, yeah, perimenopause and menopause because it helps, geranium's a middle note and it helps really, it wants to help your body balance. And remember those beautiful geranium fields we saw in I Egypt? I do, I do. I think I'm yeah. actually picturing that right now. And I was like, I can, I can get mm -hmm. behind keeping geranium on hand. Those were, that was a beautiful smell, mm -hmm. even more connected to it now, yeah. I feel like. Right, yeah. And the third one, I would say bergamot. Uh, bergamot, bergamot, um, because uh, you, it's a, it's a citrus and it's very uplifting. So it's very helpful for the emotional body. There's a point in your ear. You can look it up. It's the Shen Men point, S-H-E-N-M-E-N, -E Shen Men. And it's in the top deep valley of your ear. And that's an aroma acupoint point in Chinese medicine. And when you, the, the scientific uh, research behind it is when you place bergamot on those points and you can do it simultaneously just gently holding it it balances the left and right hemispheres of the brain and drops you into a state of relaxation Ooh. and I can't think of you know any time more emotionally chaotic than menopause right is perimenopause yeah is that you need that balance between the left and right hemisphere of the brain and dropping you into that state of relaxation sort of just Allowing your body to recalculate, allowing that clary sage then to um, help, you know, clarify and balance, and then the geranium on the bottom of your feet. The, the combination of those three are so supportive and nourishing, and you can create a daily ritual around just those three oils. Mm -hmm. Okay, so clary sage, geranium, and bergamot. Well, mm -hmm. I am so glad I got the opportunity to talk with you, Angela, and and read your book. And um, I, I'm definitely keeping it on hand. It'll be something that's on my shelf. And I know when those days will come about because I'm going to flip to my little checklist. And I'm going to be like, check, 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 check. Calling my doctor and saying, yeah. you know, I, <laughs> I think this is what's going on. Can can we have a talk? So, uh, you know, I would mm -hmm. like to say I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. But I'm, I'm just glad that this process and knowing that this process is natural and I, I welcome you know every every day being a woman and being able to have this ability to give life and then um having going through all the motions with it and I you know I, I wouldn't trade I wouldn't trade being a woman for the world I think it's empowering and I know. so beautiful yeah. so I, I'm glad and um, also knowing Knowing that when you get to that point, you're going to have this beautiful, rich community of wise women to support you yes, through menopause yeah. success. Yeah, and and hopefully bringing in the next generation of people that are comfortable talking about this and talking about it with my mm -hmm. friends and loved ones. And uh, I'm, you know, looking forward to it in a way that I know it's further off, and I'm glad for that. But also, I I know that day will come. So thank you so much mm -hmm. for being here. Well. And 
chatting with me. Do you have any yeah. um, websites or anything you want to plug? I know um, you guys can um, always shop this book on the Naha store. Um, so any yeah. they can find it anywhere else or your website or anything? Uh, Amazon.com. It's on Amazon. It's on Kindle. Um, so you can find those places. But I go to the Naha website first. And um, you can always check out everything that I'm doing on AngelaSidlow.com. Facebook, uh, that's the Menopause Success page, um, Angela Sidlow on Facebook as well. So um, any of those places. Okay. And um, yeah. Angela is also our regional director in Oregon. So if you are in the Oregon area and want to get in touch with Angela, see how you can connect more with Naha or with aromatherapy in general, you can always go to our regional director page and find her contact info there. So, yes. And I do in Oregon, I do teach at the Oregon School of Massage. I teach the, teach the uh, foundations of aromatherapy. It's a four-part class, so they can take that. Whether I'm, you know, they don't have to be a student of the school. Anybody can take those classes. Okay. Well, thank you, Angela. Um, hopefully, we can come back yeah. and do this again next time you've got a book or next time you want to come and talk to us about things women should know about their bodies. <laughs> Awesome. To be continued for sure. To be Thank continued. Thank you, Savannah. All right, Angela. Have a good one. Bye.